Welcome to the City Hill Podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So this is the first time we've done something like this. This is obviously the second part of uh, second week of the month where we kind of like expand what we've learned in the first week. Um, in the first week, we were speaking about bad breath and like, well, not literal bad breath, but like deliverance, right? And oftentimes when we speak about deliverance, we see it in a way where it's like super spooky and super like out there. But we're speaking about people like getting free from the things that hold them bound. So basically, Jesus was speaking about him delivering people, right? People having, um, people being plagued with different spirits, different types of spirits, right? Whether it's to do with anger, whether it's to do with lust, whether it's to do with all those kinds of things. And he, he kind of lays out the process of what happens when someone's delivered, which uh, Andy spoke of uh, last week. And he basically said that when God saves someone from, from something that torments them, right? Um, it says that that spirit leaves them. And then that spirit then goes around and tries to find like another place to go. And when they don't find another place to go, they're like, you know, I'm going to go back to my old house, which is the, the person that they was in before, right? But when they go there, they see that it's nice and clean and empty and it's unoccupied. And because it's unoccupied, it's like, cool, I can occupy it again. So then that bad vibe comes with itself and seven other bad vibes that's worse than it, right? So that's kind of what Jesus broke down. And what I wanted us to do in the next 10 minutes is for us to speak about this house, this house over here. This is going to be the metaphor for our hearts, right? That's the metaphor for our hearts. And it's going to go through three stages. So as you can see at the top here, it says the haunted house. Yeah. But then later on, we're going to talk about the clean house. And then afterwards, we're going to talk about the house where Jesus lives. Yeah. This is the same house, but it goes through three different phases. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to do is I don't necessarily know what, uh, what exactly was writing down. But on these sheets of paper that you have on your tables now, I want you to write down some of the things that can um, not only be a, a bad vibe, but something that can actually like hold us down. So like, if, whether it's anger, whether it's violence, whether it's lying, what are some of the things that, um, that someone could have in their house that can eventually like make them toxic? That makes sense. Try to write as many as you can. attitudes manipulation all right any other ones 
after laugh, bro. <laughs> Fee, what you got? That's a deep one, right? It's a very deep It's like, I'm not going to start with that. What's Fee got? What's got? I was going to say, Jealousy, that's a really big one. You see if someone's jealous, what does that look like? So if you, how could you tell if someone's really jealous? Mm-hmm. Right, they're lashing out. So not only do they have jealousy, but you can see that they have it, right? For example, if someone's hoarding, like emotions or resentment or whatever, yeah, like what, what things can you see from them? I think at times, um, you see, um, you see nothing right. at times. Right. Because someone is so used to doing it, they're like almost like a professional hoarder. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, they, you, you'd never know they're, they're doing stuff gradually. But right. it's, it's so built into them, like a, in terms of a, a trait where you can't... You've done it for so long, mm. it's normal. Have you seen them shows, the professional, the, um, the hoarders, when like, they actually are mad cool, and then when you go into their yard, it's just got tons of things in the house, you're like... And they've kept it for years because oftentimes they've like... Held on to something emotional. They don't even know why they hold on to it. Right. Like you ask them, why do you? Why do you have this? Yeah, yeah. But I know I have it. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, when you when you hoard, it often, like you said, it starts for a reason and then it forms into something else. Do you know what I mean? Like. You can be like, oh, I don't like talking, and you've not liked talking for so long. Someone asks you, why don't you like talking? You're like. Yeah, yeah. But you know that it's built in you. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, all right. Let's get to you now. <laughs> Manipulation. Actually, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question, but I want to ask everyone this question. Yeah. With some of the things that we kind of noted down, we know what it is and we know what it looks like. What do you think? A person who is manipulative what they're actually looking for. So they go out to manipulate, but what's the thing that they're actually trying to, trying um, to get? Relevant, significance, right. love, attention. Right, right, right. So relevant, significance, love, attention. Like for me, I've got, um, I've got a brother who's got like a, I've got, he's got a temper, right? Um, but living with him made me realize that like people who are very angry oftentimes just really want justice. That's their thing. They really care about justice and doing the right thing and, and things happening how it's supposed to happen. So when it doesn't, they then go off the rails. I don't like how they respond to it, but that's what, actually what they're responding to. So the thing that they're desiring, oftentimes it's something that is it's legit and it's pure, but the way in how they go about it ends up being something that ends up crumbling them. And the thing that I've been thinking a lot about with... Uh, with bad smells, right? Like when you end up doing something that's manipulative or you're hoarding or whatever, it ends up being this, this, this bad smell, this fragrance that not only is it affecting you, but it's affecting everyone around you and how everyone moves around you, yeah? Um, but I was thinking about bad smells and I was like, bad smells for the most part only really like come from neglect. So it doesn't, it doesn't come, if you're taking care of something, you don't really get a bad smell when that. It only happens when you stop looking after something. That's when it begins to decay. Um, so what I want us to do here yeah, is that I want us to 
put all that stuff in this garbage and this is basically going to represent bad spirits yeah so scrunch up your piece of paper and we're going to be putting it in here yeah, I, know, I know you took your time to like but scrunch up scrunch up it's all right man. here you have all of our negative our badness right yep. and sometimes oftentimes this can just be handled with like you just fixing up with your life but sometimes something becomes so much of a stronghold that it actually ends up becoming you. Um, C.S. Lewis has a book called The Great Divorce, yeah? And he was saying that. Hold on. So C.S. Lewis has a book called The Great Divorce, and basically saying that um, there was a person who was walking around who felt like a shadow of himself. I don't know if you've seen the books, uh, the film Soul. And it's like these like grumbling people, yeah? C.S. Lewis had a similar like character trait. And he was, um, he wanted to know who these people were. And he was saying that like, these people are called the grumble. And basically, the reason why they call the grumble is because throughout their life, they were grumbling so much to the point where they kind of like, every time they grumbled, they kind of like took away a piece of themselves. And then eventually, they just became the grumble. So they look like who they normally look like, but they end up being like this thing internally. Um, and I think one of the things that I want us to kind of like focus on today is more the fact of like it's not just about deliverance in terms of like oh like we're doing bad and we need to get better it's more about like there's a part of ourselves that we know is true and there's a part of ourselves that's beautiful but there's also things like this that ends up jumping in the way and it ends up actually deteriorating our character to the point where we just become this right so for the time being we're going to put it in We just kind of like actually intentionally chose this like house because that's often what we look like, right? It looks mad nice. It's got the chicken on the front. You've got the flowers. It's like colorful. But at the end of the day, like that's happening indoors. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Right, cool. So we're gonna go to the next part, yeah. Uh, so the second part is to now talk about the clean house, and this is basically when. Jesus comes and saves the day, yeah? Um, now, when it comes to, like, when I talk about deliverance, I'm basically talking about, like, all of that, that little thundery sound right there, like, leaving you, being taken away, right? Now, in the Bible, Jesus was able to do this with a command of his, like, voice. Um, he was able to do it quite simply. Can someone tell me why, why, why can Jesus do that? Why can he do it and, and, and no one else can do it? Anyone like? He's got special powers, but I mean, like, what what allows him to have that special power? He's the chosen son. He's the one. There's no, there's no one better than him. Yeah, yeah. Is it because of the sacrifices? Well, what I was gonna say is because thought you were saying, even though everyone everyone said the right thing. Jesus says something in, um, let me find it. If you want to write it down, it's John 14, verse 30. And um, he basically said that, like, Satan has looked inside me and he's found nothing in me. Right? And that's a really important thing to, to grasp because, like, it, when we're talking about all of this, we're talking about territory, right? We're saying that of all the human beings that Satan tries, he looks at me and 
he hasn't he hasn't taken over any of my territory. There's no black magic in my house. Do you know what I mean? My house is completely like pure. So for us, we're not so fortunate. <laughs> like we flop all the time. We do we do bad mind things all the time, and we need someone who hasn't. Um, we need someone who hasn't overtaken or hasn't gone through that temptation or. Um, uh, someone who hasn't uh, failed the temptation uh, to, in order for him to save us, right? Um, so what ends up happening is that he, he does save us uh, and he cleans us, right? What are some of the things that uh, we can say help uh, clean, can clean this house? What helps clean those hearts? Like naturally. Yeah, not naturally, I mean like spiritually. Okay. Like honesty, for example. Honesty, yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest ones. Accountability. Love. Accountability. Selflessness. Love. Love. So what's say truth? Truth. Therapy. Yeah. 100%. Forgiveness, 100%. So when you see there's a, write it down because you probably don't have the time to look at it. John 15 verse 3 uh, and John 17 verse 17. Um, Jesus says on two occasions that he's healed us through his words. Yeah. So a lot of the times when you see him, healing the people around him he actually just says very simple statements like be clean the reason why those words have power is because he himself has gone through a situation where where satan has tried him and nothing's been found of him right um so on those two occasions he said listen satan's uh on those two occasions he's saying that you're you're clean you end up being a clean house your heart becomes a clean house by the word and throughout throughout psalms throughout the bible it talks often about you surrounding yourself by God's word. Sometimes that's by the Bible, and sometimes you, that's just you being still and hearing God. For you to be able to allow things like this to leave your facility. Yeah. Now going back to what Jesus said, there's a problem with this house. Yeah. The problem with this house is that it's clean. Yeah, there's nothing in it. It's not lived in. Um, and he basically says that when these when these bad vibes, everything that everyone put in the bag, when this leaves you. It goes off somewhere, trying to find somewhere, someone else to bother. Then after a while, it then comes back, right? Um, if it finds itself clean. Why is having a clean house with nothing in it an issue? Squat. Squat, ooh, yeah. Squat. <laughs> That's why there's seven more, right? Yeah, for real, yeah, yeah. All right, squatters will come. Give me some <laughs> of our, our ideas. It's soulless. Mm-hmm. So good. Have you seen have you seen that in someone whereby they're not bad? Do you know what I mean? Like they haven't got any of this stuff, but they don't necessarily like have anything more. Have you have you seen that person? Yeah. And I mean so you have they to... have no purpose. They exist rather than live or they don't have purpose. Right. Yeah. 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 Can you or anyone like let's have a conversation about I've already showed you the three houses, right? The haunted house. Nobody wants the haunted house. Yeah? The clean houses are nice to have. The third house is the house where Jesus lives. Yeah? A lot of people, including myself, kind of like staying in the clean house. 
why do you think people find it hard to jump from the clean house to the house where Jesus is? Because they didn't clean the clean house. Interesting. He cleaned the clean house. Once you're the clean house and you've got to move to be in the house that Jesus lives in, although you rest in him, there's a lot to do. Yeah. And it's when it gets boring, repetitive, or it gets tough, people just always go back to what what they what they were what they were more familiar with over time. Yeah, yeah. Has anyone got anything else to? I was going to say as well. Um, if if like the house that is occupied, like Jesus, it's almost the house that. As um, Nate was saying, where there's like drive, there's ambition, there's purpose. These things come with requirements. Right. These things come with like a, like a, a dream about about steps or a plan. It's just, it's yeah, just yeah. goals about plan or whatever. It's just a dream. Yeah. There's there's nothing to it. So you yeah. need to put in the work, and that is tiring. Right. That 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 is challenging. Right. And for some for some it's like I don't want that challenge. I just want to be comfortable. I just want to be in this space where I can I can just exist without having any. Yeah. Any conditions, I can just be, yeah. um, and then just get to the space where everything just becomes mundane, yeah. whatever, and then yeah, comfort zone. Yeah, no, I agree. I think for me, for me, it's the cost. Yeah, exactly what you say. It's the cost of. It's like by neglect, you're going to be the haunted house anyway. That's just by neglect. And the clean house is just I don't know. It's you just keep yourself to yourself. Don't do anything wrong, and you'll end up being a clean house. But that is for a period of time. And actually, I want to put another metaphor on this. It's almost like um, chewing gum, right? Like when you're chewing chewing gum, it serves like, it serves two functions. It serves like the fresh memory of your breath. And then it's like a, I don't know, for me, it's like a social function, isn't it? Like sometimes it helps you, I don't know, you feel cool when you're, when you're chewing. I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But when you have it after a while, after the, the, it's served its first purpose, which is to freshen your breath, after a while, you keep chewing that thing, then you, yeah, you look cool, but your breath stinks, isn't it? Like it's not working against your breath you know when someone's like chewing and chewing gum for too long and i think that is the same thing with the clean house if the goal is i just need to be pure and i just need to like stay here you get tired and after a while again the seven of these then come back right um last night i was watching this uh this documentary about amy winehouse and stuff and it's like you see you see her unfortunate path in it's almost like a humanity path right it's like you go down this slump and actually before she died she was actually doing pretty well a lot of her family were saying that she, she went off the drugs and all that kind of stuff but then the loop comes back in right the clean house then becomes the haunted house again unfortunately um and i think that my personal issue with jumping from the clean house to the house where jesus lives is that there's something that i struggle to believe right and the thing that i struggle to believe is that I struggle to believe that if Jesus was to live here, that he would meet all the needs that I have when I was in the haunted house, right? Because like I asked you before, all these things like we said, manipulation or hoarding, you hoard, but it's not because you want to hoard, it's because you want security or you're trying to find closure. There's actually things that you're looking for. Um, that's why we go back to the haunted house. That's why we go back to these things. But there's things that like, I personally want to, uh, these things that I struggle to believe that Jesus provides, right? And that's why it's hard for me to jump from one to the other. I want to give um, I want to give you the role here. So basically, you have you have deliverance. <laughs> yeah, you have deliverance. 
in a can. Oh. And what I want you to do, I'm going to take this, and I want you to spray it. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I'll come out. <laughs> yeah. Just spray it around the house. No, you're going to get sprayed. <laughs> so this can represent Jesus' goodness all over the house. All over the house. My guy. I feel like you should be saying Latin. Like, yes. Spiritus Santos, Padre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sweet smelling smoke. Um, to take in that tropical breeze. So anyway, that is, that's what happens when you go from the clean house to the house where Jesus is. It no longer just becomes a thing where it's like you're, you no longer have the addictions, you no longer have the troubles or the bad mind mindsets. You now actually have someone living with you who stays with you and it ends up being a fragrance around you, right? Um, all the things that you was looking for, that you was looking in other directions is, is now being um, satisfied. The thing that I find visually interesting about the house where Jesus lives here yeah, is that when you study the life of Jesus, as clean as he was, this was always nearby. So this bag, or these bad, these bad mind energies was actually around him. Not only was they around him often, they were actually attracted to him, right? Because a lot of people were trying to get saved, a lot of people were trying to get free as well. And I think that's very similar to our lives when we begin to like follow God, is that we ourselves um, have our lives changed, but then people then begin to see that in us. The issue is, is that it doesn't feel as... Um, as uh, as glorious and summary as this whole house depicts. Because oftentimes, when Jesus is in our lives, a lot of bad mind people come our way, right? A lot of people who, are, who have a lot of those bags inside of them actually come in our way. But it's not a thing to be like, oh, I'm trying to get all this bad energy away from us. Oftentimes, it's an opportunity for Jesus to, to, to do the same process that he's done with us in them as well. But the thing that I think is most important is understanding that there's, there's two things that's very important that in order for us to for this to happen for the house to be truly clean God lives there and also as well he begins to live in the people around us there's an action that we have to take part in and that's in John 15 uh, if anyone can find it John 15 1 to 9 He is thrown away like a branch and withers. 
and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my word abides abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in me, my love. I think that with this scripture where Jesus talks about um, you abide in me and I abide in you, I think he, t- he kind of speaks about a very important attitude that we should be having, a very important attitude that replaced the attitude that we had when we was in the haunted house. And um, basically when we was in the haunted house, you were doing all of these things because you were trying to fill some sort of void, right? And because you're trying to fill a certain void, after a while, these uh, actions, behaviors, addictions, whatever, ends up manipulating you to, for you to then turn into a whole other person, right? Jesus loves you for you. He actually, he actually invented you and loves you for who you are. And what he wants to do is to actually see you the best that he can be, uh, the best that you can be. And what he reveals in this scripture here is that there's a way in how to do it. It can't be how it was in the clean house where he just comes, delivers you, and you're fine. Because that, that's cool, it helps you, but it only helps you for a period of time. It doesn't help you for life. The third house, the house where Jesus lives, where he abides, ends up being something that allows you to grow and flourish and be who you truly are and allow people who people around you to be who they truly are throughout their life, throughout all seasons. Um, I personally find it extremely difficult to abide in terms of like, to, to love God and stay loving God and the reason why is because what I'm trying to figure what I'm trying to uh, understand is that the things that I look for that I'm searching for when I'm in the haunted house is actually all in God's character me just staying with God a little bit me just like being in his house and hearing him talk and all that kind of stuff he actually satisfies all those needs that I'm looking for um, and that gets, that's understood more and more, the more that we make our house, not just a clean place for everyone to be like, oh, look how righteous you are, look how like, wise you are, look how caring you are. But this end up being a place where, regardless of what anyone has to say about you, they can't deny that Jesus lives there. Um, all right, so I wanna give you a, one last scripture and then we'll close it. Um, Revelation 3 verse 20. Alright, so I'll read it this time. Revelation 3 verse 20 is Jesus speaking. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Very simple. Uh, I used to, I grew up with that scripture, but it's, it's weird when you actually see the metaphor of it, where it's like Jesus is literally walking up to the door. On the st- he's outside on the streets just knocking. Ooh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> on the streets just knocking, right? Um, and oftentimes I leave him out in the streets <laughs> do you know what I mean but the fact that he has the patience to knock on the door shows something that he has a love for us that sometimes we don't necessarily recognise and oftentimes it's the love that we're really looking for um, so this isn't necessarily like a get delivered get saved fix up your life this is more like understand why Jesus wants to deliver us in the first place why he wants to save us in the first place it's actually to restore something that we've always been looking for so um yeah man that's it so let me pray and then we'll, we'll close it up 
Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak um, and to listen and to share your word and think about your word. I pray that this imagery isn't just here for today, but it stays in our head and it's things that we can develop and grow on um, and grow with. And God, I pray that as we leave, um, you just soften our hearts and allow us to really understand that you're really here for us and you really love us. Draw us closer to you and help us to love you, help us to to understand how to abide with you. Um, Thank you for everyone who's here. I pray that in the week ahead, you just bless us, um, bless us internally and bless our surroundings too. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. That's it. Thank you lot so much. Um, brilliant. So next week, new format again. Uh, Jamelia is going to be leading us. We're going to have a time where we follow on. We've had the preaching now. Now we've explored. We've been learning together. We're going to have a time of prayer. Let me tell you, I'm excited for that because that is the point where we've been talking about him like he's not in the room. But next week, we're going to be talking. We're going to meet. We're going to encounter. And then the week after that, Liana is with us. If you check out the City Hill London Instagram, you can already be listening to our Spotify playlist which you'll be selecting songs from that list to lead us in time of worship to carry on the series the week after. So next week, come ready to have the difficult conversations with God and support one another, because that's what it is, prayer. We're going to be praying for and with one another, and I can't wait, because if any of you don't know, you can check out on our website and sign up for prayer. We have every Wednesday, and Jimmy has done an incredible job with that, and we'll just be bringing that and some more to Sunday. Um, so yeah, have a great week. And we look forward to seeing you then. That's his thing. The dog. The house where Jesus lives. <laughs> I never knew when I just was there, but he's in it. Cool.